amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for the Jets-Dolphins pregame report and mailbag with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, are you fully recovered from your Thanksgiving meal yet? Uh, yeah, I, you know, this, this year was a little lighter than normal and I, I, uh, finished off my leftovers last yesterday. So yeah, I, I, I'd fully recovered. It was a little lighter this year than normal. You had to keep up your strength. We all know that because this game is going to be a barn burner coming up later today <laughs> between the Jets and the Dolphins. So let's get into what's going on. The big news, of course, Sam Darnold will be back under center for the Jets for the first time in a couple of weeks. Yeah, no, no Joe Flacco this week. We'll be back with Sam. It's interesting. I, I saw a lot of people like, uh, oh, Sam Darnold couldn't do this with these receivers that Joe Flacco's doing. Well, te- I mean, Sam Darnold hasn't gotten a chance with these receivers either. Um, so uh, you, you guys know where I'm at on the Darnold thing right now. I think that it's better for all parties. They go their separate ways in the end. But I did find that uh, the the shots of Dardo because Flacco was moving the ball a lot, also making terrible mistakes and turning the ball over. 
Um, Darnold had didn't have a chance to hasn't had a chance to work with P- Perriman and uh, healthy Denzel Mims yet. Um, so maybe you will see a little bit of a difference in Darnold's play with the, those two guys healthy. The the big problem here though is he's going up against maybe the best secondary in the NFL this week. Uh, the Dolphins' defense has been playing very well, and a uh, large part due to the, those two outside corners. One of them, Byron Jones, was el- uh, was available as a free agent this year, and uh, both both Byron Jones and James Bradbury, both players that I really liked in free agency, but also thought that uh, we're going to be going for more money than they probably were worth, and they've both proven to be worth every cent that they got in the offseason so far. So it is it, Darnold's going to be back. Um, fan, you know, there's still going to be fans out there that want to see him do a little better. Uh, it'll be nice to see him with a with Denzel Mims and Perriman, but this it's he's got his work cut out against for him against this uh, Dolphins defense. Especially since his starting right tackle, George Fant, is not going to be playing in this game. He's out. Patrick Anawasar, Peanut, he's also out. Chumadog is an interesting one because he's listed on the injury report as doubtful, but he was limited in practice. So it seems like that might be a game-time decision. Blake Cashman and Alex Lewis both listed as questionable, which means they'll probably play. Anything's possible there, but if I had to guess at this moment, I would say Adolga probably ends up playing, and Cashman and Lewis both probably end up playing as well. Yeah, it, it's definitely tough to tell right now. Uh, generally, when you're listed as doubtful, you're you're not going to play. But he was uh, Adolga was limited all week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. He participated, um, so you, you have to think that probably leads to a game time decision. Chuma Doga has not been good, obviously, but Fant's going to be out, and Adoga's, if Adoga's going to be out, that's going to make things even harder because as bad as Adoga has been and not good, there's somebody below him on the depth chart that's going to have to play if he can't go. So that's going to make things much tougher for, for Sam Darnold as well. Um, again, that Dolphins defense has been excellent this year. Um, so that's, that's, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how this plays out, what they're able to try it out there and how whoever they tried out there is going to be able to hold up. It's funny that you just glossed right over Connor McDermott because you said there's somebody below him on the depth chart and that's the guy who's below him. And yeah, as bad as a dog has been. McDermott has been even worse, which is unbelievable. As far as the Dolphins part of this equation, Salvan Ahmed is out and so is Solomon Kinley. So Solomon Kinley, who's had a really nice rookie season at guard, is not going to play. That should help out the Jet defense. Tua Tagovailoa is questionable, got a bad thumb. Jakeem Grant also questionable, looks like he'll play. But Chris, as we talked about before we started recording... If Tua Tagovailoa struggles like he did last week, the Dolphins will not hesitate for a second to put Ryan Fitzpatrick in there because they are in the midst of a playoff race and they are not going to take any chances. Yeah, honestly, I would like to uh, just scrap this entire podcast and actually focus on Brian Flores' decision to bench Tua Tagovailoa last week during the game just because I think everything about this situation is fascinating. Uh, you very rarely see a coach uh, do that. Like, first off, the 
he decided to bench Ryan Fitzpatrick after they had uh, just won a couple blowout games to put into a, that that's rare. Uh, and then you play him for a couple games and then you pull out the young guy and he, there doesn't seem to be any concern on Flores' part about ruining his confidence. And I have no idea what the what the right, correct move is. Nobody on earth does, not even Brian Flores or any of them. We're going to have to wait to see how it plays out. But this is super interesting that they made the decision to go to Tua when they did, that they decided, hey, uh, let's try to win this game. Tua's uh, feelings be damned. Uh, and okay, we're gonna run back out, run him back out there, but he can get pulled at any notice. Um, it, it's just gonna be fascinating to watch exactly how this all, all unfolds for them. But the the as long as Tua is playing right now, they're really not asking Tua to do a lot. Uh, they're they're really asking him to be a game manager. Uh, the biggest problem the Dolphins have on offense is the offensive line is is kind of a mess, and that was the problem last week. The offensive line was just getting absolutely abused, and uh, they figured Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, would be able to navigate it a little bit better. And then he he moved the ball in the short time, almost got him back in position to try to steal the win before throwing that interception. So <clears throat> that's what the Jets are going to try to do. It two was there. They're going to try to keep him as a game manager. Have Quinn and Williams and the rest of the defensive line try to disrupt him uh, by taking advantage of the poor uh, Miami offensive line. And then you know if Ryan Fitzpatrick comes back in the game, we're right back to where we were last time these two teams were playing. Where if Ryan Fitzpatrick it goes fits tragic, then the Jets have a chance of, of pulling off this game. Um, that when Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing, you guys know this, like that anything can happen. The Dolphins can win by 40 and they can lose by 40. He could throw seven interceptions and a half. Uh, it's really the hardest thing to predict it in all of sports is what are you going to get out of Ryan Fitzpatrick today? So, uh, you get a, a more limited offense uh, with Tua, more of a game managing offense, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, they can open it up more, but it can blow up in their face real easily too. So I don't know which one uh, the Jets players that are trying to win would prefer, but uh, I I wouldn't be surprised at all if you get both of them in this game. You said it's very difficult to predict, but let's try and do that, Chris. I think that this is going to be a very interesting game and the quarterbacks are going to tell the entire tale. What do you get out of Sam Darnold on the Jets side and what happens on the Dolphins side? If Fitzpatrick comes in, what does he do? As you said, is he fits magic or fits tragic? Nobody knows the answers to any of these questions. I suspect that this is going to be a relatively close game. I don't think there's going to be a ton of scoring on either side of this. As you said, the key for the Jets is going to be, A, finding ways to move the ball down the field. They weren't able to do that last time. And B, finding a way to exploit that Dolphins' weakness on the offensive line, especially now with Solomon Kinley out, who's been having a really nice rookie season. I think the Dolphins probably take this one something along the lines of 2017, but I think this will be the third week in a row where the Jets are going to be in this the entire way. Yeah, I, I think that's the, the safest um, prediction that can be made here, is that this, this doesn't feel like it's going to be a blowout. Um, but I don't, I, I have a hard time. The only way I really see the Jets winning this game is, is a Fitch tragic situation here. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking something along 20 to 13. 
I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Again, I think the Dolphins will run a, a, a more of a game management style. And I think that the Jets' offense, regardless of how Sam – even if Sam plays great for his standards, I think this offense is going to struggle because of the offensive line issues and the Miami defense. Again, uh, Denzel Mims has looked great so far. It, he's going to have a tougher task on his hand with most likely Xavier Howard or, you know, some combination of him and Byron Jones. Um so I, I just think it's going to be a lot to ask. This this Dolphins team is just better all around right now. I, I, I think 20 to 13 sounds about right. And again, Fitch tragic is the, 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 the one thing that can turn this the other way. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Chris, before we head into the mailbag really quickly, I just wanted to address the situation with Manish. I know that a lot of people have been asking me about it. I'm not his press rep, but it kind of felt like I was over the last couple of days. So this is what I have to say on this. And once I'm done talking about this today, I'm not going to talk about it again because there's really nothing else to say. So here's essentially what happened. A couple of months ago, we started hearing the rumors about Manish having his press pass taken away. I asked Manish about it. He told me he was still going to be covering the Jets this season. I couldn't get any concrete info from anybody, which makes sense because if you think about it, it's not like the Jets were going to tell me anything. The NFL was certainly not going to tell me anything. And of all places, the Daily News absolutely wasn't going to tell me anything. So my thought was, as long as Manish was still covering the Jets and the Daily News saw fit to have him write about the team, 
it was fine to have him continue to be on the show on a once a week basis because he was still providing stories on a major platform. I wasn't 100% sure that he had lost his press pass. And even if he had, I had no idea what would have caused it. Could have just been retaliation for years of bad coverage as far as I knew. Obviously, over the last couple of days, a lot more information has come to light, and now we know a lot more about what actually happened. So with that being the case, Manish will no longer be appearing on Play Like a Jet. I have to say, in all fairness, Manish was always very good with me, very professional. He bent over backwards to accommodate the show and the schedule. There were several times where a story would break, and we might have recorded something early in the day, and we would re-record later to update the material. So I thank him for that, and I will always appreciate the fact that he made time to do the show and that he was always very gracious and professional with me. As far as how he treated other people, I can't speak to that other than what you've already heard. And if you don't know what I'm talking about in terms of all the information that came out, I'm not going to run through all of that again. You can go check it out. It's on Twitter. There have been articles written about it. Just do a Google search. But Manish will no longer be appearing on Play Like a Jet. Chris Ryan from NJ.com will be taking his place. So we will continue to do midweek news. Don't worry about that. You'll still have that every week. It'll be Chris Ryan instead of Manish, though. Chris, I don't really want to put you in the middle of this if you have something you'd like to say about this feel free if not we can move on and start answering questions yeah i'll talk about this uh, a little bit i fans want all the inside scoop and all 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 this um and i understand it and i i do understand it specifically about manish because he's been like you know if this was a, a most normal other beat writers but manish is like uh, he's such a part of the Jets beat and the way that fans deal with uh, the Jets um, and part of their anger towards the Jets, it, it gets a, into a big jumble mess. Um, me personally, my experience with Manish is much different than yours. Uh, I have not had good personal experiences with Manish. Manish. I am definitely not going to sit here and tell you Manish has always been pre- professional and great with me. I have uh played a part in it it myself. I messed up once and Manish had a problem with me for there. But at this point, I can tell you everything in that tweet thread is true. And part of the reason why this is super hard for me to talk about too is number one, none of this is my business and I don't like talking about other people's business in public. But also, if I start talking about one thing, you can pretty much figure out and piece together who the other person in the equation is that I'm talking about. And if they're not putting it out there, then I'm not going to put it out for them either. Like, obviously I'm not going to sit there and tell you a story about Manish uh, victimizing another person. If that person doesn't want the story out there and if they haven't put it out there, then I'm not going to put it out there either. Uh, There's another thing at, uh, when she did her thread at the end, she tagged awful announcing because that's who you should be going for, for this type of stuff. I operate in a little bit of a different area because like I, I've, I'm an independent uh, journalist. I, I'm my own boss. I don't have to answer the editors. I get to be like a beat writer and a columnist at the same time. And Beat writers typically don't like that in general. And that's part of uh, a problem that people had with Manish as well, because he was technically doing both jobs. 
I also, I am just kind of, when it comes to this beat, I'm just like a natural contrarian. I'm not one of these people who's contra ever contrarian for contrarian reasons. But my normal takes, as you guys, everyone that's followed me knows that I tend to disagree with the, the majority of the beat on a lot of things. And I have to carefully navigate how I express this so it doesn't come off like I'm taking a shot directly at the rest of the beat. And it certainly doesn't help when I... Uh, disagree with the narrative and then my uh, mentions get flooded with people snitch tagging other reporters like, hey, Nims is attacking you when I'm not attacking them. Um, so it it can be very difficult and tricky to sit there and try to criticize someone or even criticizing someone's take, especially when that someone has tried to get your credentials pulled in the past. Over the years, I have tried to kind of subtly dance around it and try to teach you guys like ways to be able to look at what a beat writer says and how he presents itself and be able to draw your own conclusions about how people might be playing something up more than it really is. I've tried to do that a lot and I will continue to try to do that. But I, I'm also not going to sit here and just publicly bash somebody and be like, don't support their work. Um, so you, you kind of have to do your own research. And, and if you really like Manish anyway, and you like his writing, then continue to go follow it. Um, that That's really what it, it comes down to for me. So I tweeted out, uh, you know, a popcorn eating gif as the news was going, like Jets Twitter right now. And then I immediately follow, followed it up with another one, also most of Jets Twitter, like a gif of somebody saying, we already knew. Like this, you guys knew. You didn't need me to confirm it for you. You didn't need other people to confirm it for you. You, you guys could tell by the way he carried himself and conducted himself that some things were a little bit off there. And that, that's as much as I'm going to go and, and say about that. I should also add that while I said that Manish wouldn't tell me anything, I didn't know anything from anybody else either. I'd heard a right. little bit of whispers, but for the most part, I knew exactly what you knew listening to this. I didn't know anything about what Chris just talked about or what's been revealed. So for anybody that's been wondering, no, I had no idea. And I can assure you, Manish didn't tell me anything. And I obviously have no pipeline to the Daily News, the NFL, or the Jets in terms of the people that would know what was actually going on or what the reasoning was for anything that was happening. So all of this was news to me. To clarify as well, though, um, it was definitely got worse than I, way worse than I ever could have imagined. I think we've said what we need to say about this subject now, Chris. So let's move on and answer some questions out of the mailbag. First question comes in from Sean Stalker, and I think this is a really interesting one, Chris. He says, since Joe Douglas has four years left on his contract, does that mean that the Jets are going to want to sync up the next head coach with Joe Douglas contract-wise and make sure that he doesn't get more than a four-year deal? I think ideally they would, but I don't know that that's necessarily something they're going to be able to do if they go big game hunting. So, for instance, if they go after one of the top college coaches, pick whichever one you like, Dabo Sweeney, Lincoln Riley, Pat Fitzgerald, Matt Campbell, whoever it is, I don't see them being able to lure one of those guys with a four-year deal. You're going to have to give them a six, seven, maybe even an eight-year contract. That's just the reality of it because those guys have all the leverage because you're trying to take them away from a very comfortable situation. If it's a coordinator who's going to be a first-time head coach, 
you might be able to do that depending on who it is because if the guy has other offers, he might get offers for longer than four years. Usually, first-time head coaches don't, but it's always possible if you have a really hot head coaching candidate, say somebody like Biennemi or Joe Brady or whoever, I think they would love to, in an ideal world, make sure that the head coach has a contract that's less or equal to Joe Douglas in terms of how long it is. But as I said, if they go big game hunting, I don't know if they're going to be able to get away with that. Yeah, I was kind of chuckling to myself as you were reading that question, just because that's not how the Jets typically operate. Uh, maybe, maybe they finally learned their lesson and maybe they try to do that. Uh, but the Jets, one of the biggest problems the Jets have had uh, over the last decade plus is that they never get the, a GM and a coach on the same timeline. They always have to do just one at a time, which throws off the timeline for the next one. Um, but uh, listen, I don't like he's got four years left on his deal. If does does it have to be exactly four years for this to uh, be a sync up thing? No, I think you could give a coach uh, five years and then you give the two of them, uh, you know, a couple years together, see how it's going. And then you could easily sync them up afterwards. If it's going good, you could fire them both. You know, there's lots of things you could easily do there. Um, and so I don't think that's that big of a deal, but you're right about uh, it depends on who they hire. Matt Rule got a seven-year contract last year. Uh, you kind of have to offer up those more, to, especially to entice the college guys to come out of something that's so secure for them. All the guys that we're going to be talking about for the next couple of months from college can all stay exactly where they are off for the next 10 years if they want to. Um, so you have to – pony up you have to offer up more to entice them out uh that's just the way it is one thing i'll add is i did see somebody i forget who it was or what exactly they said they said something along the lines of joe douglas because he signed such a long contract he can afford to take like a risk with this hire and i disagree with that because yes right now if joe douglas has four years left on his contract he's safe he's not going anywhere but if he takes a a swing and hire somebody and two years later it's failed miserably joe douglas is in danger at that point they're not like oh my god he's got two years left he made this disastrous decision he's still in danger at that point so he's got to get this right as well um but yeah i ideally you want them to get close like like i said a five-year contract would be fine with me um you get you extend them one year past joe douglas but by the time Joe Douglas's contract is up, you're going to know which direction you want to go with those two anyway. So you could just go ahead and extend them both together at that point and then put them on that same timeline. So I don't think the timeline has to match up exactly, but you do want to give it a contract that can be lined up and synced up in some type of way. You would like to ideally get to the place where the GM and the coach are working on the same page at the same timeline. And for what it's worth, next year they will certainly be because next year that coach is going to want to come in and he's going to want to win soon. And Joe Douglas is going to look to be uh, kicking this into high gear. Uh, you know, he's going to look to take the team into hyperdrive in the offseason. So next year, whoever they are, they will be on much closer of a page. 
Next question comes in from Say My Name. If he says, looking back at it in retrospect, would you have rather kept Teddy Bridgewater and used the number six overall pick on Quentin Nelson, thus also saving those three second round picks, or would you have still drafted Sam Darnold? The wrinkle in this question is obviously Adam Gase, because the question here is if you could go back and still make that deal for Darnold, but Instead of the Jets hiring Adam Gase, let's say they hire somebody who knows what they're doing with the offense, with a quarterback, and with the team in general, could this have turned out differently? It's a really interesting theoretical because we've seen that Teddy Bridgewater has bounced back really nicely and played pretty well in Carolina. We know Quentin Nelson has turned into arguably the best guard in the NFL, and obviously those three second-round picks could have been used to get valuable players in here. Of course, the other end of this is... Is those three second round picks would have been used by Mike McCagnin, who, let's be honest, probably would have wasted them like he wasted every other draft pick. So this is a really fascinating thing to think about. In a bubble, if we know that the Jets were going to hire Gase no matter what, then the best move in retrospect, yes, would have been to keep Teddy Bridgewater, let him be the quarterback, go draft Quentin Nelson, build up that line, use those three second round picks in other ways. But if you could undo the Gase hiring, then I think you could make a strong argument for making that move to get Sam Darnold and letting him develop. Of course, there's still the possibility that Darnold either turns out to be awesome the next six games and turns this around or that he wasn't as good as we thought he was in the first place which complicates this theoretical but that's what I would say I would say if you know that Gase is in the equation then Teddy Bridgewater and Quentin Nelson would have been the way to go if there was a way to undo Gase then you can make a strong case for still making that Darnold move yeah see now I attacked this uh, question from a completely different a different angle and didn't even consider all the extra stuff that you just considered. Um, because my brain just went to one thing right away. It goes, well, are the, are the Jets going to finish the season 0-16? Because if the Jets are going to finish the season 0-16, I'll take playing it out exactly as it did with Joe Douglas at GM and Trevor Lawrence as the quarterback. Um, if they're not going to finish 0-16, and especially if they're not going to finish with one of the top two picks – then uh, that that changes it right now. Um, obviously, the discussion is uh, where would they be out this year? Like, I think if they stuck with Teddy and they did that whole thing, that the Jets would be a better football team today. But I don't. But they wouldn't be like good enough to the point that they're making deep, serious playoff runs. And I think you'd rather have Joe Douglas as GM. You with all these extra draft picks from the Jamal trade, all this cap space, and Trevor Lawrence as your uh, quarterback next year. I that would whatever scenario you can construct and come up with to me, that is the ideal scenario to have. Um, so I think that the Jets could have been a better team this year and uh, everything if they went the Teddy Bridgewater route, but not good enough that you, you're going to be talking Super Bowl. Uh, competition. I think your best out of all the scenarios that could have possibly unfolded in these past couple years, the best chance the Jets have at eventually becoming a Super Bowl contending team is going 0-16, getting Trevor Lawrence to go with everything else that I, I said they have set up right now. 
Before we go, let's try and put a few bucks in your pocket, courtesy of my buddy Walter Cherpinski over at WalterFootball.com. He's got your Sunday gambling picks. Walter, let's make some people money this Sunday. Welcome to the show, my man. Thanks, Scott. So this week we have a clash between a team I've been fading all year, the Jets, of course, and a team I've been calling underrated all year, or at least until at least since October, the Dolphins. Uh, so the Dolphins are favored by six and a half in New York. I like the Dolphins quite a bit. Uh, the Jets are down their top two cornerbacks, which means uh, they won't be able to defend Devontae Parker. And with Brian Fitzpatrick starting, I think Parker is going to have a huge game. Uh, the Jets might be without three uh, three offensive linemen in this game, depending on Alex Lewis's status. Uh, so we know George Fan's going to be out as well as his backup so I think the Dolphins should be able to take advantage of that with their with their defensive front and uh, rebound off of last week's loss against the Broncos so I think the Dolphins cover pretty easily um, staying in the AFC East I was like the Bills minus four and a half against the Chargers uh, so everyone expects Justin Herbert to play well because he's been great as a rookie but a couple weeks ago he struggled in Miami and I think the same thing might happen here it's the same sort of situation where he's playing against a great defensive minded coach again uh, so a couple weeks ago he he faltered against Brian Flores, whose cornerbacks really shut down his receivers. Um, I, I think that uh, Sean McDermott, with extra time to prepare, is going to have a great game plan against Herbert. And I think his cornerbacks will uh, at least stymie uh, the Charger receivers a little bit. So I, I think this could really be a blowout. Um, also, going with the Panthers, uh, plus three against the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings are down five or six defensive starters. Uh, they're a mess defensively, and they've been really relying on their offense uh, during their three-game win streak in the division and then uh, prior to the loss uh, to Dallas, of course, last week. Um, but Adam Thielen's going to be out this week, so that's going to really hurt their offense. So uh, with their defense already bad and their offense is going to be worse, I, I feel like the Panthers should be able to win this game. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's not going to play, but Teddy Bridgewater will play. And I think with Bridgewater on the field, uh, the Panthers will be able to take advantage of a banged-up Minnesota uh, cornerback group uh, with their outstanding receivers. So I, I like the Panthers to pull the upset. Um, also like the Buccaneers plus three and a half against the Chiefs. Uh, it seems like everyone in the world is is betting the Chiefs, but I you know I, I really think Kansas City has a liability here with their two offensive linemen sideline against Tampa Bay's great defensive line. I think Tampa should win in the trenches and really put pressure on Mahomes. And if you think about it, the teams that Mahomes has played recently uh the Raiders the Jets the Panthers none of them really uh pressure the quarterback well so the Panthers haven't been punished for missing Mitchell Schwartz and Kalichi Osemele I, I think that's going to happen here and I, I feel like this is going to be a field goal game either way Tampa's offense should do well against Kansas City like the Raiders did last week so you know if, if either teams win by field if either team wins by a field goal we're going to we're going to win with the plus three and a half so I like the Buccaneers Sunday night I, I love the Packers minus nine and a half uh the Bears are going to be down three starting offensive line in. They're going to be missing their best defensive lineman in Akeem Hicks, uh, and Mitchell Drabisky is going to start against uh, you know uh, one of the one of the better secondaries in the NFL with Jair Alexander back. Alexander should be able to shut down Allen Robinson, so you have to wonder who else Trubisky is going to throw to while under heavy pressure. Um, with Aaron Rodgers coming off a loss, I think he's going to rebound Monday night. I like the Seahawks over the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles just lost Lane Johnson, and Zach Ertz is not going to play. And Russell Wilson uh, in Week Eleven. Or later in his career he's 33 and 18 against the spread which is phenomenal so you need a good reason to bet against the Seahawks uh late in the year I can't find one with Philly if it, the Eagles are a disaster so I think the Seahawks should be able to win uh with extra time to prepare so those are the Walter football week 12 NFL picks back to you Scott thanks Walter and thank you for listening 
If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.